everyone, and welcome to the Change Your Game with GTD podcast. Uh, my name is Todd Brown, and I'm here with Robert Peake. Hello. And our goal in this podcast series is to uh, provide you with some food for thought about ways that you can enable the benefits of GTD in your lives, um, getting more of the right things done in less time with less stress. And and Robert, when you and I were talking just before um, just before we got online here, we, we were just kicking some ideas around. We've we've made our way through three of the five phases of workflow. Um, and I suppose it would be a bit of a shame if we didn't complete the series. So what we're gonna talk about today is the fourth phase of the workflow model. Um, so in, in previous uh, podcasts, we've done capture, clarify, and organize. And today we're gonna focus on, on reflect on the fourth phase. Um, and, you know, it's interesting when, when I think about reflecting or I think about, you know, the, the best practice that we recommend in reflecting. Um, ultimately, when it comes to an organizational system, I want to have some confidence that that I'm, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the right things at the right time. Right. So that so that I'm I'm not if I'm if I'm efficient, I'm not looking at things that are um, unhelpful. I'm not looking at things that I that I can't do or are irrelevant. And so for me, there's always been a very close join between organize and reflect in the sense that if I, if I do have a good organizational system with, uh, you know, with clean edges, then what that means is that, um, you know, no matter where I am, I'm in a position, uh, if I choose to do something productive, to see good reminders. Um, so, but that, that join, I think, has always been really, has been really important as I've thought about, you know, am I set up so that if I'm, you know, just pick something, I'm out in a, in a taxi being driven around London by somebody and, and I, um, you know, decide I could use the 10 minutes I'm going to be in the taxi to do something. Can I, in that minute, get in front of me helpful reminders? Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's really a big key. And um, one, of, one of the things I heard you say there is, is certainly the right thing at the right time, but also kind of having having an external tool to help you do that. You know, I think think about the word reflect and, you know, there's this great, this great British phrase on reflection, dot, dot, dot. And um, of course that, that over here, that means I've thought about it a bit. And now what I'd like to really say is this or that or the other. So there's certainly a tie between reflection and thinking. It's a thinking process, but I think the difference that I draw or that the thing that I notice about how we use the term reflect in the GTD methodology is that it's reflection that involves some kind of external system that helps you do that thinking better. So you don't have to necessarily have everything up in your head and remember everything at once to be able to think in a certain context or in a certain, I guess, focused kind of way. So yeah, I completely agree that the, that the organizational system and setting, basically setting yourself up to be able to reflect appropriately with checklists, with um, a GTD system for a weekly review, um, but but even you know with really simple things, I think most people have a calendar that they're using, right? I mean, most for most people, to me, that's system zero, you know, <laughs> ground zero of a system is do you use a calendar or are you trying to keep 365 days in your head? I think most people have some kind of habit of looking at that calendar periodically enough or often enough that 
it helps them make good decisions about getting prepared for, or at least certainly showing up to, <laughs> you know, the things they said they'd show up to at the right time in the right place with the right attire, you know, <laughs> and all of those mm-hmm. kind of things. So I think, you know, at its most basic people, I mean, maybe people beyond their their teens who aren't kind of just drifting from job to what's the party of the weekend and whatever. Most people that have come, you know, some complexity to their lives are using some basic reflection practices already. So I think we just extend that rather, you know, winning paradigm of reflecting on the time-based things into all of the stuff that's not necessarily time-bound so that we can reflect on those things too. Mm. Yeah, I, I quite often in a seminar will ask the question, you know, hands up if you look at your look at your calendar every day, and of course every every hand in the room goes up. You know, everybody's clear that 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 type of reflection, you know, as you, as you said, is is something that's that's important, and, and they would feel. Well, I was gonna I was gonna use the word cheated, and I suppose cheated in a sense, cheated of of information that would be helpful, but also, I can also imagine, you know, that if you said, well, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to look at my calendar for the next several days. You'd, you'd also feel not some, you know, a, a considerable level of stress about the things that you weren't then going to show up on time for, um, because they didn't happen to be details that you, um, you know, that you were, had had seen as part of your your daily review. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, uh, the, the other topic, of course, that we get into in the in this phase and it and in the uh, in the seminars that we do, it's really kind of the major topic of this phase is. Uh, the weekly review, what we call a weekly mm-hmm. review. And ultimately, um, you know, as I've thought about that over the years and I've thought about my own my own practice of it, it's it's serving the purpose of making sure that as I engage with my system, that I'm seeing, uh, you know, I'm seeing helpful reminders. In other words, it's it's kind of, you know, here in here in Britain we have this tradition of uh or this practice of <clears throat> if your car's older than three years, you have to take it in once a year for a for an inspection, right? For, for a, what's called an MOT, yeah. and and in a way, this is kind of the MOT for your system, right? This is making sure that your system and your reality match each other, and that your uh, that the reminders in your system are all helpful reminders for you. Um, and and again, it's I, I think it's interesting because <clears throat> sometimes this came up actually in a seminar I was doing this week, where um, someone in the room raised their hand and said, you know. Is it the case that after I've, um, you know, after I've completed a next action of some kind, that in that moment I then need to decide the next action and make sure that that makes its way into my system? And so I think you could almost see the the sort of um, incredulity in their eyes that they <laughs> yes, were sort of thinking, yeah. "I'm going to spend my entire life, you know, just making sure that these that these reminders are consistently up to date." And and we don't recommend that, right? I mean, that that's just. Um, yeah, I would not recommend to a client, look, if the boss comes over and says, I'd like a minute of your time, you need to say to the boss, well, I'm really sorry, but Todd said I needed to update my system with the next action, right? I'm sorry, the world moves too fast. And as a result of that, um, you know, your system will get out of date as the week goes on. And again, that's one of the other uh, important elements of the weekly review is that we get a chance to to realign uh, the the system, uh, the, the contents of our system, with with our reality, and make sure that those two things reflect each other. Oh, it's a big key. It's such a such a big key. And one of the things I notice about the weekly reviews is that the nature of them can can sort of change over time. So, you know, we talk so much about how GTD helps you scale up 
and I think it's absolutely true. I think you can you can scale up individually, handle a lot more things a lot more effectively and confidently in parallel by moving the single next action forward. You can scale up organizations and teams by getting them on the same page and with a common language about my waiting for matching your uh, your next action and so forth. But what, one of the things I did recently was a was a weekly review to scale down and. Um, you know, specifically some just some stuff that's shown up in my personal life, indicating you know I need to create some space, I need to prune away, and um, so I did a weekly review specifically with that kind of focus in mind. You know, and the the kind of you know there's this um, organiza- organizational expert called Marie Kondo who says you know don't keep physical things around that don't bring you joy. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I scrutinized the project list, particularly a lot of the personal projects that I assigned to myself and taken on. I mean, does this bring me joy? <laughs> and you know what? Mm-hmm. An awful lot of them moved into the someday maybe. And then when it came time to, you know, when I was reviewing the someday maybe list, an awful lot fell out where I went, you know what? I'm never going to do that. <laughs> I'm just not. Mm. The the sense of space, the relief, the greater sense of focus that, that came from all of that was was really profound for me. It was, it was energizing, mm. um, you know, to, to do a weekly review in, in that way. And at other times, you know, the review is so much about building, about scaling up and taking on. Um, but but sometimes it can be very much about divesting those things that, that aren't quite, um, that aren't right, that aren't appropriate, or that, you know, some some other big thing has hit and said, hey, look, you now need to create some space. But doing so consciously by reviewing, again, with this external tool allowed me to get to that place where, where there was that sense of space, that sense of, you know, um, having structured appropriately for what's true about my life. And um, that's a much more confident place to be in than, than to try and, you know, I'm going to try and make some space for that or I'm going to try and do you know do do a few less things or i'm gonna try to whatever you know there's kind of no trying when you when you have it all really clearly in black and white there's just reviewing and deciding and so that was that was a really interesting experience for me because it's been been a while since i did one of those types of reviews um but that option is just as available when you need to scale down it can help you scale down and when you need to scale up it's right there for that too yeah, it's funny that you, you you mentioned that because I had exactly the same experience in the last weekly review that I did just before the end of the year, where I you know I really got very um, ruthless with the commitments that I had, and there were there were quite a few things that had just been hanging out in in many cases for weeks and months on some of my lists, and I said, well, look, it hasn't had my attention in terms of um, I haven't chosen to do it yet, and. Um, you know, I think I'm reasonably good as as the days and weeks go by about focusing on things that really do have importance in my life. So that's a pretty pretty solid indication that things um, that these things really, you know, as you say, either either should make their way into something that looks like a hey, I might do this someday list, or uh, you know, just I, I just say, look, it was it was someday, maybe now it's or it was a project, and it's now going to be someday never in essence, and I'm going to get rid of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's funny we talk about. I suppose something else that folks listening might be interested in is, is how I, I certainly get a lot of feedback as I make my way in the world from people who say, "I love the idea of the weekly review. I conceptually understand the benefit of it. I understand that it would be really important for me to do, really great for me to do, and I don't do it." Uh, and so, you know, it might be helpful if, if you and I maybe riffed a little bit on what are our 
what are our tips? What are, you know, what, what kind of encouraging words or realigning suggestions would we give to people who are struggling to, to make the weekly review part of their lives? Um, you know, one that, one that kicks up, maybe I'll kick off and just give one that one of my favorites, which is, um, I think that if you look at the, you know, the whole structure that we recommend in, in the weekly review and all of the things that we recommend that people do, it can come across as daunting. You know, there's a lot there. There's, and, and not only that, but once you get stuck into it, you, um, you might very well find, especially if you haven't done one for a long time, that there is a big gap between, you know, the system you have and the system that would reflect your reality. And so you're making lots of decisions and you're having to, you know, um, modify, delete, move things around. There's, there's loads of, you know, there's loads of thinking to be done and loads of activity. And so one thing that I sometimes say to people is, I would much rather, if I see you in six months time, I would much rather that you said to me, you know what, I did a weekly review every week. In many cases, all I did was one thing. I just did a calendar review, right? Looked forward in my calendar a few months or, or I did, I looked through my projects list and I did a calendar review, you know, something like that. Then you say to me, if I meet you in six months time, you know what, in the last six months I've done one weekly review, but it's been really totally black belt. And I think, you know, so, so just taking this, this um, attitude that, uh, you know, that a, that a partial weekly review uh, is, is so much better than, uh, the no weekly review at all. And if you do do a partial weekly review, giving yourself credit, you know, that you've taken time out to raise your sites, gain a bit of higher perspective and, and, and that's going to be a benefit. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I think what I notice with myself is that the times that I'm resisting doing a weekly review are usually the times when I'm most needed basically. And, and part of the reason for that is just what you said, that a bit of backlog is, is built up. So, so because the backlog's built up, I need it, but also, um, because the backlog's built up, I'm resisting it because I'm afraid it's going to be lengthy or arduous. And um, it is a decision-making process. You know, you are not only reviewing and looking at stuff, but thinking and deciding, and that takes energy you know, as well as time. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, you know, one of the things I notice is that um, doing it earlier in the day when I'm fresh or doing it, you know, when I'm more more energized can can really help. Um, and just as you say, you know, if if I make it time limited. And if I really focus on those things that are going to give me the most value, what, what I find there is that as it gets into a virtuous cycle, right? So if I'm really backlogged and I just do, let's say the, the getting current part in, in a summary kind of way, just called, okay, let's look at, let's just skim down the actions, mark off any done ones. Let's look forward back in the diary. Let's check the waiting for, for any critical ones I've got to chase and make sure every project has an action done. Right. Mm-hmm. Just that, um, I think, can can um, give me back some energy and some sort of headspace, you know, and, and a sense of, of clarity and focus. So what I do is then I take that into the coming week and hopefully I'm able to carve out a little more time and a little more space and a little more energy to do the weekly review even more thoroughly in the coming week. So yeah, it's a it's a double kind of double bind in that, you know, the, the more you need it, the more you resist it. I find mm-hmm. this with writing too, you know, I find this with exercise, I find this with lots of things where, you know, when you're at your most sluggish, you most need to move. And when you're kind of, you know, feeling, feeling your most uninspired, you need to sit down and just write any old thing and get going. You know? So, yeah, yeah. so you know, the, the, the old adage is there's, there's no such thing as writer's block. There's just, you know, standards that are too high. So lower your standards and get started is, 
is kind of the secret to a lot of things that are in that that double bind place. And I think the weekly mm-hmm. review, for me anyway, can can get into that place. Um, and definitely time boxing it. You know, still so if it's if it's something where I go, look, I only have half an hour, do half an hour, as you say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think as well, you know. I'm thinking. I'm thinking about clients who've done it successfully. It's sort of an extension of what you were saying earlier. Pick pick a time that works for you. Um, uh, you know, I've, I've got one client of mine. Uh, well, so probably the most common time, I suppose, among the clients that I've that I've been working with over the years, is is Friday afternoon, right? So if I do a a weekly review sometime on Friday afternoon, probably not recommended that you do it at four o'clock on Friday because by then, you know, you're um, uh, you know, your, your head's in the weekend and, and you're probably not going to get the most out of it. But, um, you know, a bit earlier on a Friday afternoon is very common. Um, some folks do them on the weekend because they feel like they have, you know, there's less coming at them. The world isn't arriving so quickly and that gives them the, the space, they think, to, to do a more effective review. Um, but, you know, and Monday morning is a possibility for some folks, but I just say find a time that works for you. You know, I've got one client in particular that comes to mind who his time is Thursday mornings at 7, uh, 7 a.m. And, sure. and, you know, he loves that. He, he That works really well for him. So, you know, I'd say play with it, figure out, you know, figure out what makes the, the most sense for you or works best for you. And, um <clears throat> And, you know, as you say, in, in, in the sense of time box, not a bad idea to put it in your calendar if that's the kind of thing that you, not everybody, um, not everybody reacts uh, in the expected way to meetings with themselves in the calendar, you know, time they've blocked out. And that, that doesn't work for everybody. It doesn't tend to work for me, for example. Mm-hmm. But um, but for loads of people, that does work. And if so, great, you know, make that commitment and put it in your calendar so that you know, you know, you'll have the time to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and in terms of the kind of day-to-day orienting reviews, the day-to-day reflection, let's say, on your lists that help guide guide your doing, just curious, mm-hmm. in anything you can share about kind of your your rhythms there, or things you found useful, or kind of how how you bounce around between the lists, the email, the calendars, the interruptions, um, and and use that to orient you and to and have a good day, basically. Yeah. You know, it's funny. So, so a couple of things. I'm, I mean, like everybody else, I look at my calendar, of course, every day. I actually open Outlook with the calendar as the default folder. So, when I get into my my um, you know um, into my personal information manager, as we used to call them, my my calendar and email program, I'm not confronted first with my email inbox. I'm presented with my calendar, and I find that really it's a subtle thing, I think, but it's quite important because what it means is that what I see first is the hard landscape of my day, right? What are the meetings? What are the, um, I also have my, um, because of the way I've got um, Outlook configured, I've got my day specific actions there as well. So anything I wanna be reminded about that needs to be done on the day. And then I need to make a, a, a conscious decision that, okay, now I'm going to go and look at my, look at my inbox if that's my next stop. And, and it's, again, it's a subtle thing, but that I think is very important in, encouraging, you know, encouraging helpful behavior and, and, and helpful focus. It means I'm much less likely to dive straight into my email and, you know, then three hours later at 12, glance at my watch and realize that the three really high, high priority things that I decided yesterday needed doing haven't gotten any focus at all. So, um, so that's one thing. And the other thing is I've gone, I've gone all retro, Robert. I've gone all 
I've gone all hipster retro. I've got a um, one of the things that occurred to me in the, as the fourth quarter came to a close is that you know I've got loads of roles, uh, roles in 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 the business, personal roles. You know, just I've got a really full life, and and that's great on one hand. Um, but on the other hand, one of the things that I recognized was that there were um, a certain family of projects, and in particular, these were these were projects that had to do with um, working with clients to, you know, to help them figure out how best to to realize GTD, right? So it was it was um, uh, you know pr- projects that had to do with with sales, basically. And what I realized was I felt the need to have a um, a more consistent focus on those on those projects. And so what I did was I, I went out and bought. Um, just a paper, you know, an A5 paper book. And what I've got in there is, is one, um, uh, one basically client name per page. I'm just flipping through it now, actually, as it happens. And, oh gosh, golly, I'm guessing I've got something like 20 pages here. So that implies 20, you know, 20 reasonably active um, clients that I'm in various stages of conversations about that are, um, you know, that have to do with helping them to schedule, you know, schedule seminars, schedule um, coachings, uh, do a bit of, do a bit of consulting, whatever it is. And, and having it on paper um, means that I'm, uh, for whatever reason, I, I just find myself leafing through it um, much more often and much more, uh, much more kind of, um, much more happily, I suppose, which is really interesting, you know, because I think of myself as a reasonably high-tech guy, but that change has meant that I'm more often focused on those things and more often making sure that, you know, they're all getting appropriate attention from me. That's so, great. Yeah. Two, two things there. Oh, that's brilliant. That's really interesting. And yeah, and I, I think I do the same with calendar being the first port of call, just because that's the hard stuff and where do I, where do I have to be when or what call do I have to make when, et cetera. Um, and, you know, that's varied a lot for me over time. It used to be back-to-back meetings in the middle of the day. So it's called, you can you can really do your big chunks of processing first thing very early, you know, and last thing fairly late. And then in those weird little windows that life hands you, but, you know, between a meeting or at lunch or whatever, pick off some tasks. So that, that used to be my rhythm. And these days, I, I, it's much more self-directed. You know, I have some calls and things probably most days, but... Um, a lot of it is is more more open space, and so I found a similar thing, Todd. That I um, I'll I'll review my list for that context of where I am in terms of the things I can do, and I'll often kind of decant a, a, a sub list or a hit list that that says to me, okay, with these kind of swathes of time that come in, these few swathes, here are the big things I want to knock out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the key with that is that I then sync it up, right? So that so I still have my master radar screen of everything running yeah um, but to create some focus um so i found I've, i you know really weirdly enough it feels like i need to create the most focus when things are incredibly busy and structured <laughs> and when things are rather unstructured right so i do that particularly for example at the weekend called you know mm. here's, here's some things i want to get done and here's you know the rest of the times for for r and r and so forth so yeah interesting i think using um tools beyond just the the basic list tools can help with focus certainly you know and and, and to to bring that forward so i think at the end of the day it really comes to what's going to help you keep focus on the right things and the right timing that is not your brain (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. That's the single biggest <laughs> caveat we put in there. That's not your brain. That's not you remembering. That's not you, you know, having some kind of mnemonic thing or, you know, even, well, I guess you could even write it on your hand. But, um, you know, so something that's that's a reliable system that helps mm. you reflect, that helps you handle the kind of the rhythms of daily, weekly. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm feeling the need just looking at the the clock that we that we maybe draw this begin to draw this to a close. Um, yeah. Any any final thoughts, uh, final tips for folks out there as they're as they're confronting their um, uh, they're confronting the weekly review and and maybe struggling to make it part of their lives. You know, the place where the people get the biggest benefit is the calendar. If you're not already doing already doing a forward back review in the calendar, you're you have levels of anxiety that are inappropriately higher than they need to be, you know, so that's, that's job one. Job two, I think with the weekly review is making sure the projects have actions. So you have a fighting chance of just of living in the action contest text where things are small, bite-sized, manageable, you know, easy to do, and you can knock those things off. So for, for the busy, busy folks out there, you know, calendar first, decanting projects into action second, um, would be a great place to start and a great foothold that should take you no more than 20 minutes once a week. So make it make it start with something that you have no excuse not to do. <laughs> you know, that's my yeah. that's my typical thing. You know, to start with something that you just go, well, that's ridiculous, but it's a foothold and it's a start. And mm-hmm. next thing you know, it starts to become a habit. Yeah. What about you, Todd? Yeah, and I I, I love that, and I think I'd just add to that that. Um, you know, once you've, I actually wrote, something occurred to me as I was doing a, a review, this was over the last couple of years, where I was feeling slightly overwhelmed by the whole thing. And and what I just wrote down on a piece of paper was celebrate every decision. And so what that meant for me in that moment was, you know, every decision I make as part of the weekly review is forward progress. And, and don't lose sight of the fact that that's what's going on there. So, um, again, uh, you know, celebrate. And, and at the end of the weekly review, right? Buy yourself your favorite, whatever it is, you know, your favorite donut or your your favorite latte, or you know, a little bit of a uh, a little bit of acknowledgement and 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 reward uh, for certain people goes a long way as well. Sure does. I love that. I love that. Celebrate every decision. Yeah. I love mm. it. Well, so thank you all for being uh, for being with us as uh, as we bring this podcast to a close. Um, we're going to Robert. I'm gonna I'm gonna just imagine, given that we've made our way through four of the five phases, that in the next uh, podcast we're going to be addressing the final phase of the workflow uh, model, which is um, engaging. And in engaging, what we're going to get into is is how do we make decisions, optimal decisions, day to day, minute to minute, about what to focus on. So uh, unless unless you um, have violent disagreement with that, I expect that'll be our next topic. We're all about completion, right? So, you know, let's get through all five. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Until then, we hope this has been helpful. Um, Again, thank you all for being a part of it, and we'll talk to you next time. See you next time.